How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 172 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thank you so much for listening to How About That Cigar when you drive down the road, when you work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular podcast rotation. And let's remind you about the new Freestyle Live special edition And that broadcast is happening on September 28th, where Drew Estate will unveil an entirely new premium cigar brand. The company is giving consumers the ability to experience it before the formal launch in the upcoming Freestyle Live event pack. These packs are available now at participating retailers. 10,000 of these event packs have been prepared, each with an MSRP of $39.99, and every live pack will include three unbanded new premium cigars, a three-cigar case, a cutter with a cigar rest, and a Freestyle Live flask. Each Freestyle Live event pack also includes a QR code, which the purchaser can uh, can use to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win incredible prizes from a pewter ashtray designed by subculture studios, a Gibson Les Paul dark limited guitar and a 2022 black Dodge charger and participating retailers can also win big and are automatically entered for a chance to win great prizes. Learn the identity of the mystery cigar by tuning in on September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time only on Drew Estates Freestyle Live YouTube channel and Drew Estates Facebook page starting on August 18th, which was... I haven't updated this copy recently. Uh, you can find a list of participating retailers at drewestate.com slash freestyle live 2022. We are back in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Yes, we are. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out uh, and a big thank you to everybody from Cigars and Baseball. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to pop this up on screen. We've been uh, talking it up for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, it, it just happened last week, uh, on September 8th at CHS field in St. Paul and, uh, our second year at this event. What an absolutely incredible event, bro. Um, I mean, you, it was your first time there. My first time. And there are few venues that really make you go, wow. Uh, when it comes to cigar events. And the CHS field in downtown St. Paul, who is home to the Minnesota Saints, or St. Paul Saints, um, minor league team for the Minnesota Twins. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous field. And to be able to be there with a bunch of amazing people, you know, in the industry, consumers, and then have a baseball game playing. Yeah. Not only is that awesome, but the reason that cigars and baseball is there in the first place is for the kids, Uh, the kids who wouldn't normally have a chance to play baseball through the Miracle League. They make it possible. And it was an unbelievable honor to be there to not only get that message out, but to just experience being in a stadium, smoking a cigar, watching baseball. It was incredible. Yeah, there is something about that. And I. Um, you know, the, the charity aspect, there are some great multi-vendor events out there and we all know that, you know, Rocky mountain cigar festival, uh, brew city cigar fest, the great smoke and on and on. There's some great events like that. Uh, and this event, honestly, as far as 
overall, you know, number of attendees and number of exhibitors, it's definitely not as big. But the charity aspect to it and what yeah. this group, what the Miracle League does for these kids yep. uh, makes it all worth it. And we are going to continue to encourage everybody that we know in the industry. If you've got a cigar brand, you should you should go to cigarsbaseball.com. There's a, you don't put the and in the website cigarsbaseball.com. And there's contact info that where contact info on the website where you can get in touch with the people who put on the event and find out how you can exhibit your cigar event there and help out uh, the Miracle League. Uh, yep. it's, it's a great event, and you will, I promise, not be sorry. Yep. Um, also, speaking of baseball, uh, the Twins are, I mean, they're just absolutely falling apart. They've lost seven out of their last eight games, I'm pretty sure. Um, they're just... Everybody's hurt. Everybody's injured. Mm, yeah, and, that's, and, and that's even it. even the players who are are still active are are very streaky. Very, they're going in and out of slumps. It's you know, it's just been a rough rough go for the Twins lately. And uh, with you know coming into mid September now, I you know they're I think at this point they're four games back uh, in in the AL Central. But e- even at this point. Let's even say they get in, which it's likely that they'll get in with a wild card. Yeah. Right. That's it. They get a participation. If they do. If If they they do. Which is, if they keep playing like this, they're not even going to snag a wild card spot. But um, at this point, I don't don't even know that it's worth it for them. To be honest, I've checked out of the Twins for the year because I'm riding the purple train. Um, so anyway, moving on to, uh, oh, no. to, oh no, we had a game on Sunday. <laughs> we don't have to talk about this. So if, I mean, we don't you have guys to, don't know, I can try, I can click away and, and I can, uh, I can, I'm a big <laughs> Vikings fan. Matt is a big Packers fan. Uh, we have fun with our rivalry. It, it's, it, it's fun. And <laughs> yes, the Vikings did beat up on the Packers a little bit. Yeah. And Rogers did not look good. Um, but- no. Uh, so all credit to the Minnesota Vikings. They played really well. The, all of them did. The the team played great. But every single aspect of the Green Bay Packers was hot garbage. The coaching was bad. The play calling was bad. The vibe was bad. Receivers were bad. Quarterback was bad. Offensive line was bad. Defense was absolutely disgusting. I mean, it was it was terrible across the board. Every single person in the organization should be taking a very hard. But if you look back at last season, game one of last season, the Packers lost to the Saints 38 to 10. To open the season? To really? open oh, the okay. season. And they came back to have, a, I believe, a 13 and three season yeah, and, win the and go to the NFC championship game. It's true. So... I'm. I mean, I'm still hopeful as a Green Bay Packer fan. I'm still hopeful, but you. You just well, at have halftime. To... He was saying season's over. I was not. No, he wasn't. That. <laughs> he wasn't. No, I wasn't. It was. It was just ugly. You know, I was. I was pretty quiet. During. I'm not. He you, was. And he know. I'm. I'm usually not quiet during the games. It's true. But I honestly had this bat as soon as that first bomb that Rogers threw down the field and Watson just. I mean, Watson had it. It was the perfect pass. Watson had the coverage beaten. Everything was good. 
and it just went right through his fingertips. Yeah. And right, honestly, I just, right away, I was like, this is not, this is, I don't think this is going to be a good day. And it was, I was right. It was a terrible, terrible day. Because with that ball in the air, like he torched the, the D back so bad. Yeah. Yeah. He had five steps on him. Oh yeah. I was like, oh no. Yeah. It was ugly. But so. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Garrett, I, hey, hats off to the Vikings. They played a great game. Um, and I, I'm sad to admit it, uh, but it is, it is true. The Green Bay Packers, after week one, are in sole possession of last place in the NFC North. It's early. That just, I mean, it's week one, but still, it's true. The Green Bay Packers are currently in sole possession of last place. I think you'll get. So we'll be, we'll, we'll get to number two. We'll improve. I think so. So we'll see how it goes, but we have some great guests coming on the show this evening. So as you guys know, and Justin, our fantastic producer is, is out this evening. So I am back to clicking on all the buttons. So bear with me because I'm, I'm way out of practice. Because uh, Justin's done such a great job uh, getting us going on all that stuff. Uh, but our special guests are coming on to the show in just a second. And as you guys know, on How About That Cigar, How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by our friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars made with Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz knew it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Tampa, Lake Mary, and a new location coming soon to Sarasota. To learn more, visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together. Welcome to episode 172 of How About That Cigar Live from Apostate Cigars. Brandon and Kendrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great having you guys on this evening. So, yeah. Before we jump into all the cool questions we have, if you guys would, uh, and Kendrick, we'll start with you. Let us know where you're broadcasting from and what you are smoking and drinking. Uh, I'm broadcasting from my office here at Beehive Cigars um, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I am smoking an apostate feathered serpent, which is our new Candela release. And right now I'm just sipping on some H2O. Very nice. Brandon, what about you? Uh, I am broadcasting from an undisclosed bunker. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm I'm sitting about, I'm sitting about 30 feet away from Kendrick uh, in my portion of the office of Beehive Cigars. I'm smoking the the Deseret tonight, our Maduro. And I'm drinking uh, a little Old Forester 1897. Oh, I am, I am a big old for, but I I don't know if there's an old forester that I don't care for. I mean, the low proof stuff I don't really love, but 
once you get to Old Forester 100 and and any of the others, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, and this one especially. I don't go for Old Forester normally just by itself. I I have to be smoking, but it's great with a cigar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're pre-gaming Garrett. Well, I'm pre-gaming a little cigar and having a little Four Roses, uh, small batch select. Um, this evening uh and for our viewers uh guys while you're on watching uh with us if you have questions for our guests please please be sure to put those in the comments also let us know what you're smoking and drinking along with us uh but i think it is time for me to uh yes. fire up an apostate cigar so i'm gonna pull up all the stuff that we need for the dunbarton tobacco and trust toast cam and let's get that rolling right now. We, we oh, yeah, I need that. Yeah, let's get that. See, I'm out All of right. practice. I know. <laughs> when lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. There we go. See, I'm I'm out of practice, but it's all good. It is all good. There we go. Oh, uh, um, we gotta hit um, the. There we go. See, yep. see, Justin does this way better than I do. Justin, <laughs> I hope you're having fun at the concert tonight, brother. I think you're doing fine. I think <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's you, you lose uh, you lose the rhythm on clicking on all these buttons here. Um, but for one of the things that that we love about the PCA trade show is when we get to learn about new brands and you guys were one of those new brands that we got to learn about for the first time this year. And, um, you know, it's, a, I think it's, it's an exciting thing. Anytime people go out there and take the risk and take the chance to, and put in the work to start something from scratch brand new. And, uh, we love seeing brands, you know, come out of the gate, at uh, at PCA and exhibit what they've got going on, and we were so grateful to to time to get to know you guys at the trade show. Uh, but this, you know, tonight we love it because we get to dive a little deeper and and kind of get more of the you know the origin story and things like that. So, um, bef you know, first thing that we talked about a little bit at the PCA trade show was um, you know about the name of your brand, Apostate Cigars. So take us through, um, you know, the, the origin story of why Apostate Cigars was the, the right name for your brand. Well, uh, as soon as we, I'll take the question if you don't mind, Brandon. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, as soon as we decided that we were going to try our hand at making cigars, uh, you know, we one of the first steps is like, okay, what are we going to call this project? And, you know, we kicked some ideas around, but, uh, a friend of ours, uh, who works with us named Lindsay, um, who knows us really well said, well, aren't you going to call it apostate cigars? 
And we were like, hmm, well, yep, that's it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> the reason why it works so well is because uh, Brandon and I both uh, are former Mormon slash LDS uh, missionaries, etc. And uh, uh, for those of you not familiar with Mormonism too much, Mormons don't uh, approve of the use of tobacco. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're a Mormon and you smoke tobacco, you're, they label you as, as an apostate, which just means that you're an outcast. Essentially, you, you're, you're one of those. <laughs> and, you know, because we don't feel shame in the matter at all, we decided to kind of own it. So here we are, apostate cigars. Nice. I love it. Yeah, there's uh there's something to be said for um you know, making your own way and and just saying, look, this is this is us, you know, like like it or not. Mm -hmm. And and you know, we're moving forward and there there's something there's strength in that, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely there is. And I think I think we grow in life. I think we grow. It, well, we hopefully, hopefully we grow in life. Hopefully we we grow in um, our spiritual understanding, whatever that that is. And uh, on this show, all are welcome. All views are are respected. And yeah, right on. Um, so uh, love that. Um, yeah, and for us, it's the same thing. We're you know, come one, come all, right? Um, it's yeah. Not we're not, we're not trying to be exclusive. Um, it's, it's more of an attempt to make a bigger table and, and get as many people seated as possible than it is to, to push anybody out. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, did you guys meet in the LDS church? <laughs> we <No>. did not. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's hear the origin story. Yeah. Did you swipe right? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon. I swapped left. Know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. It, <laughs> so I, I first got into cigars, uh, what, 20, 2011, I believe, uh, is when I first started uh, becoming more of a hobbyist and, and a bit of a cigar nerd. I was working a, a corporate job, a couple different corporate jobs. Uh, I was the guy having cigars delivered at work. You know, everyone's like, oh, oh yeah. that's the cigar guy over there. Um, so I was the cigar guy, right? Um, I, I, left the corporate world, took a little bit of a break, uh, doing some soul searching, trying to figure out what I, what I wanted to do, you know, not only income wise, but as far as where I would, you know, kind of direct my energies and, and be happy making a living for my family. And that, that whole time I was uh, not working, I, I was smoking quite a few cigars. So I was like, yeah, maybe there's a, maybe there's a path here. Maybe there's a reason I'm enjoying tobacco every day. So I, I spoke with Kendrick. He was actually, he's, he is and was at the time, uh, the owner of a, a retail store in Salt Lake City called Beehive Cigars. Uh, it's been around since 2009. I had been a, a sometime customer of his and figured let's, let's hit this guy up and, and see if there's anything I can do. When I first reached out to him, uh, he didn't have anything for me uh, at the time, but then few weeks down the road, uh, one of his guys left, there was an opening. I ended up working like one day a week for about a month. Uh, and at that time he was actually switching retail locations. And so I helped him uh, with construction and remodeling of the new location while I wasn't working in the shop on Sundays. Uh, didn't 
take very long. Kendrick could tell you better uh, what the timeline was, but um, got to a point where I was managing the shop for him. Uh, we did that for, what, almost six years uh, before we decided to, to try our hand at, at making cigars. So it was, it was very organic right from the beginning. As soon as we met, it was, there was instant camaraderie. We, we realized we work well together. Uh, he, he sets my little heart free to be a cigar nerd while he takes care of the, the important boss stuff. So that, that dynamic continues <laughs> in, in a fun way with apostate. So. <laughs> That's very cool. That is very cool. Uh, now, I, I, I tried to, to jump into both social medias. And Brandon, I didn't have a whole lot for you to go in to, to go on. Um, but I did find myself going on a couple hour Kendrick tour of, <laughs> he was stalking you basically. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. Um, so it, for those who don't know, uh, Kendrick is, uh, part of a band, um, called, uh, Kendrick Zane. Correct. Yeah, and that's my uh, stage name. Yeah, that's your stage name. Okay, so it's your band, and uh, you've been performing for how long? I I've been performing as a professional musician since about two thousand six, two thousand five. Awesome. Yeah. So I uh, I encourage anyone to go to the to the YouTube's and just put in uh, Kendrick Zane and enjoy. It, Enjoy. Watch his version of Walking in Memphis. God damn. Oh my gosh. Oh nice. Right? I will yeah, I'll be I'll be on that later. Well, it was Tiny Dancer that got me. Oh, um, well, there you go. It was, it was Tiny Dancer and then it was um Billy Joel Piano Man with mm. the harmonica and piano simultaneously. Um so uh fantastic musician. Uh please check out his work and do you split time between touring and cigars how does that uh work into your life today uh yeah so at one point in my life i was full-time musician i played in piano bars and i started beehive cigars as kind of a a thing to do during the day and it slowly morphed into kind of a more full-time thing and i stopped doing the music thing as much um, but nowadays, uh, you know, I'll gig maybe two to four times a month, sometimes more. Okay. Um, but it allow allows me a good balance. You know, I, I like to stay rooted for the most part, but I also enjoy getting out and seeing new places and meeting new people and playing music. So yeah, I've just, I've kind of just struck a balance of, with it. I, I just, enjoy putting on the different hats and, mm -hmm. you know, having a little variety in my life in terms of what I'm doing. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and there's yeah. such a, there, there is something about that for, you know, any, any artistic temperament that, that you have, you know, whether it's music or, you know, drawing, sculpture, writing, anything like that, there's gotta be, one way or another, I, I think artistic people tend to, if we don't have an outlet for it, uh, at least occasionally, I think we tend to go a little stir crazy. Mm -hmm. 
because it kind of gets you know it kind of gets you know that art that i don't know that that need to like be expressive or whatever sort of gets pent up and we just need an outlet for it so i think that's kendrick never goes stir crazy no that's not yeah i just thought of something is uh isn't salt lake city in a dry county no, no, not not anymore. Mm. Oh, really? Those, okay. those days are long gone. Yeah. Are they? Okay. Uh, we we have a we have a we have a street in Salt Lake that used to be called Whiskey Street. It was where all the bars and distilleries were back in the day. It hasn't been dry here since Prohibition. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. Utah's had some weird yeah. drinking laws throughout the years, but it's never been a dry okay. state. Got it. Okay. In fact, in fact, okay. Utah was one of the first to vote to like put a kibosh on prohibition and bring it back. Utah was, uh, Utah was the deciding vote. We were the last state to say, yeah. yes, let's, let's get rid of prohibition. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so despite the, uh, what you've heard, it's very much possible to find alcohol here. <laughs> the, uh, ironically enough, the, uh, prohibition, the Volstead act. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The, the Volstead is the last name of, a, of, uh, a uh, former uh, state representative from Minnesota. So that's on oh, us. Okay. Sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, it's funny. I grew up here and I never knew that until uh, Cigars and Baseball. Yeah. Where we talked to Jim Nash. So, um, all right. Brandon, uh, you and Kendrick are getting into your cigar nerdum together. Mm-hmm. Who has the idea or who is like, hey, let's do this thing? And um, what did that look like? Well, so it for us, it was kind of, it, it, yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> different answers for the question here. Um, no, for us, it was more of kind of an always ongoing conversation. Once we got comfortable with each other, once Beehive was doing really well, uh, we would have our little, you know, manager owner meetings where we'd be smoking and, and bullshitting. Um, and we would, uh, we'd be like, Oh, you know, it would be really cool to go blend some cigars with somebody. Um, we've got, we're lucky enough to have a lot of good relationships with, with a few manufacturers, you know, from being in the industry. So for us, it was always something that was just, a uh, kind of further down the road, you know, do we open another location? Do we go blend some house blends? We, we wanted to, do something. Um, and then the pandemic hit <laughs> and oh. the store was still open, but we were, we were curbside pickup only. There were no customers in the store. Um, there wasn't a lot of maintaining the shop to do, you know, maintaining the humidor and things like that. But, uh, we, we kind of, I don't want to say we got bored, but we got motivated to find ways to be creative. Right. Um, and that's when we decided to, uh, to book a trip and, and go talk to Hochi Blanco, down at uh, Taba Clara Palma in the Dominican Republic. And uh, he was really, he was the first meeting we had and he was the only meeting we had because he was he was excited as we were uh, to, to get started on, on making some cigars. So it, it worked out pretty organically to be honest with you. Um, but it was an ongoing conversation for a couple of years before we had the opportunity to just jump on it. Awesome. Kendrick, do you have anything to add to that uh, story? No, that's... Uh... I think Brandon explained it pretty well. It was, you know, when we first started out, uh, it was like, okay, 
let's let's go and blend like a really premium house blend that we sell at Beehive. And let's start there and see what happens. But then as soon as we got on the the uh, you know the floor of the gallery at the the factory and started blending tobaccos um, <laughs> and came out with with what we decided would be their, our blends we it was at that point it was like okay no this is too good to just be a house blend let's let's do let's do a brand let's let's mm -hmm. see what happens if we you know try and do this full on and so here we are yeah well, and there's there's so many, you know, pieces to the puzzle when you start any kind of business. But cigars are a little bit, you know, even deeper dive because you've got, um, you know, you've got to work with somebody to get the blends put together, which usually if you're going to do it well, which you guys did, requires travel. And then mm -hmm. you've got legal stuff as far as getting trademarks taken care of and making sure names are free and available and you know um that kind of thing so what uh you know for for the uninitiated or or for the novice like what what was the out of all the those early pieces what was the one that that was the toughest one for you guys because it was just kind of outside of your your wheelhouse either from a business perspective or or just from a knowledge perspective that that you you're like wow i thought i knew a little bit about this but i really learned a lot along the way for me that's the tobacco itself you know okay once we once we we got to the i mean there's just limitless things to learn you'd have to spend all day every day in the fields and factories uh, and processing to and, and do it for years and years to gain what would be considered the full knowledge of, of what's going on. I know good tobacco when I taste it. I know what kind of flavors I like and, you know, generally have an idea of what tobaccos are going to get me there. But there are so many nuances and subtleties that I am unaware of. Uh, and for that reason, it was extremely helpful to have Hochi and his son Jose there at Palma kind of guiding us, you know, uh, we'd smoke a blend and it would be like, okay, well, it's too much or too little of this particular note or profile we're looking for. Uh, and they kind of steer us in a direction that might help us get there. So, uh, but even that I wouldn't say was difficult because we had such amazing uh, assistance with that um as far as the business part of it uh, i was already familiar with getting everything set up uh, in terms of you know the structure and all that because of my experience with running my retail store yeah um so i was able to kind of use the store as kind of a uh i don't know a laboratory for things you know making mm -hmm. little store brands and see what works and what doesn't and figure out what works best for merchandising and what do people want to see when they look at a cigar what do people want to taste when they smoke a cigar um 
uh, all of that kind of stuff. Well, and so we um, we got a couple samples from you guys at the trade show, and we're actually just smoking them now. Hmm. And I and I'm I apologize because I am going to butcher this name. Me too. But the, so this one, <laughs> as far as I can tell, this one looks like a Connecticut shade wrapper that Correct. I'm smoking, and I think it's called the Liahona. Correct. Yeah, you got it. I said it right. Oh, um, it's a really nice. It's a really nice blend. I'm I mean, screwed. it's smooth. The the retrohale, you know, pushing that smoke out through the nose is nice and smooth. There's no there's no bite to it. So yeah, um, you, you can't skip the retrohale on that one. It is it is uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade grown wrapper. We actually threw a, a Mexican San Andres binder underneath it mm. uh, to give it a little more complexity. And then it's got mostly Dominican filler, but there's a little bit of filler from Paraguay in there that makes a huge difference. Um, we didn't know that that leaf from Paraguay existed in, until Jose Manuel, Hochi's son, was rolling it out for us. Uh, we, were, we were describing things that we thought were missing. We wanted to do a really good, well-rounded Connecticut. And what we were describing, he, he went and grabbed some leaf from Paraguay, and it, it pulled it all together. On that retro hill, you get a nice kind of buttery, salty note. Yeah. And that's that's that Paraguay that you're tasting. It, it really finished the blend for us. So it is it's a unique size, it's a unique blend. Um we, we love that Connecticut. We felt like if we were gonna do one, we had to come strong out of the gate with it. Yeah, I dig it. And I'm gonna guess Habano for Sumatra, the, correct. Mm -hmm. Um initiatory. The initiatory. Initiatory. Awesome. Uh, this <clears throat> is extremely complex. I've had some spice. I've had some coffee. I've had some earthy stuff. Um, there's a lot going on in the cigar. So why don't you walk us through this one? Yeah, that one's a Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. And again, we went with the Mexican San Andres binder. Um, but that one is, is all Dominican filler. So it's very, that's a very straightforward take on a, a Habano. That's, it's called the initiatory because for us, that's, that was our introduction to blending cigars, but it's also kind of what we want people to, to understand about what we're trying to do with Dominican tobacco. That's your initiation into apostate and how we're trying to blend for, for flavor, not strength. We want it to be complex. We want it to be soft. We don't, we, we like to smoke cigars, you know, back to back if we can. So yeah. if we can burn more than one in a sitting, you know, we're, we're kind of blending for that purpose. It's not, it's not going to leave you wanting, but it's also not going to kick your ass. Absolutely. And I would, I would take it from that, that that was, that was the first blend that you guys said, okay, this one's complete. This is one we could definitely put our name on. Yeah. Yep. That was okay. that was the first, and then and then we did the uh, the Deseret, uh, and then we did the Liahona. Yeah, the the Deseret is our Maduro with a Mexican San Andres wrapper, uh, Dominican binder, and then filler from the DR in Nicaragua. Um, we feature the the Hacagua region for our Nicaragua filler, or sorry, the Hacagua for Dominican and Jalapa for Nicaragua. We wanted to go with really sweet tobacco for the Maduro. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, the Feathered Serpent, that Candela uh, that Kendrick is smoking, that wrapper on there is actually Dominican-grown Corojo seed Candela. That is not your traditional Ecuadorian Habano seed Candela. So it's a little yeah. it's a little thicker. It's a little more sturdy. It's not fragile. And it's a lot sweeter uh, than, your, than your normal Candela. So 
that was one of the things I remember even commenting on when we talked to you guys at the trade show was that that Candela looked, it was it was definitely a different appearance than pretty much every other Candela. It was, uh, it it was it was darker. It was it it was really more of almost like somebody just superimposed green over brown. It was it was it wasn't a true like bright you know Kermit the Frog green like a lot of candelas on the market are. It was really mm -hmm. it was really this subtle kind of greenish brown you know mix and 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 yeah, again it's a really also, rich color yeah yeah it was a really rich color and had there's a there's a lot of texture to the leaf that I could see mm -hmm. on those cigars and in, in the boxes at your booth at the trade show that you know there it it looked like it had depth to it so mm -hmm. that was a nice looking mm -hmm. cigar well and the the sheen on this wrapper the it is gorgeous um everything from the wrapper to your branding is absolutely beautiful and that's actually something i'm i want to and because i'm curious about the the logo because it's like each letter of the word apostate is a different mm -hmm. symbol yeah, and mm -hmm. I want to try. I want to try to pull it up. I didn't have this prepared, but I want to try to pull it up on screen because I do. I did, you know, uh, I did snag a copy of your logo from your website and uh, just to put together the show artwork. And it's a really cool logo because it's it's legible yet you can tell there's also some meaning behind exactly what we're looking at here so i'm gonna While pull he's that, up, on that up brandon i know that you're a utah ja jazz fan <laughs> a little bit a yeah. little bit yeah uh, uh kendrick do you follow any professional sports honestly i was, I was always the band nerd growing up so uh <laughs> i go through about <laughs> <Same. laughs> I, I go through bouts of following the jazz if they're winning but uh so i admit to being a fair weather fan sure um i enjoy watching live basketball game i really do um but i don't really get too into the the whole um tribal aspect of it like this is my team and you know i'm sure. i don't get into that too much sure i must confess now brandon do you uh branch out Outside. branch out as oh yeah absolutely yeah i uh i grew up you know go on <laughs> i was gonna make a sex joke but forget it uh yeah i thought you were i thought you were. oh man no sex joke damn careful my kids might be watching let's you know uh, no. <laughs> uh yeah i branch out i i grew up playing sports i i've followed sports since i can remember that was one of the earliest uh things i remember bonding with my dad over was watching the jazz games back in the heyday of, of carl malone and john stockton and mm -hmm. uh but no i love football i'm a saints fan uh baseball i'll go to, i'll go to a, a a game um but i don't i don't love watching baseball on tv uh i ran track and field in high school and junior high so i i like following those uh, but yeah i branch out pretty eclectic as far as what i'll watch or what i enjoy when i have time yeah. absolutely all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna pop this up on screen here so so it's it's real i just dig it it's really cool yeah. so take us take us one by one through the character so the the letter a what is what does that symbol mean there so 
we need to add a little caveat here. This is actually our old logo. We had to change okay, it. Sorry about that. Uh, speaking of the trademark, that that symbol that you see for the A there is no longer in our logo that we're using now. Um, okay. But but the, the A uh, uh, represents the initiatory, which is that first cigar there that uh, that Havano Sumatra that you're smoking there. Um, and uh, the initiatory uh, is the first ordinance or ceremony that a Mormon would go through when they go to the Mormon temple for the first time. And so the symbol there, you see that, yeah, you can see kind of the new logo there on the A. Those hands shaking, it's, it's one of the carvings on the, the temple, uh, the, on the Mormon temples that you see. And so we have that symbol representing the initiatory. Um, and the P in the logo there, you can kind of see it's an, a beehive that's kind of on its side. That cigar represents the Deseret, uh, the second cigar in our lineup. Uh, Deseret is a Book of Mormon term that means honeybee. And so we have the symbol there represented by the beehive. Um, and then Brandon, do you want to take the next two? Yeah. The, so the third symbol there that, that looks like the round little orb, uh, is the symbol we chose for, uh, what you're smoking. It's the, the Liahona, uh, in the book of Mormon, the Liahona is a, a, a compass that, uh, only functions if you're, if you're faithful. So, um, and if you look at the cigar, you know, it's a, it's a long, thin torpedo, kind of representing the, the needle of a compass for us. And so we, we tied it into our, our former religious background that way. And then that fourth one there, the, the S is the feathered serpent. Um, it kind of harkens to Quetzalcoatl, uh, the Mesoamerican God. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, at some point in Mormon history, a, a few folks decided that uh, the Aztecs were really seeing Christ uh, when they were describing Quetzalcoatl. He was described as a, a flying serpent and, and a few Mormon scholars were quick to say, oh, that was just them seeing Jesus, but they didn't know how to describe it. So um, so they, they've sort of co-opted uh, Quetzalcoatl and that's where we got the idea for the feathered serpent. That's why that cigar is green. Um, and then the other symbols have yet to be blended. We do have some concepts for what we want to do with the cigars. The sword there is uh, what we call the sword of Laban. Uh, that little Mayan temple there after the sword is going to be called the Zarahemla. And then you may recognize the little angel statue there. That's the statue that's on top of Mormon temples. We're going to call that cigar Moroni's trumpet. And then the last one there, of course, is the, the Salt Lake City's temple turned on its side to be the letter E. Uh, we're calling that cigar the endowment, which is one of the last temple ceremonies you go through. Uh, when you're when you're attending as a, a devout Mormon. So everything kind of ties back to our background in the faith. We, we always want to make it clear that we're not attempting in any way to make fun of the religion or poke fun at it. Uh, this is this is our way of embracing where we came from and telling a story how we feel it's fit to be told. So everything kind of ties in that way for us. I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. There's it's it's really thoughtful. You can tell that you guys it, you, I mean, it's I'm not saying this approach is bad. You know, a lot of cigar companies have done this approach where, you know, you, you hire a designer, you have a logo put together and, you know, then you come up with some, you know, uh, yeah, you find some cigar names that you want to use that aren't already trademarked. And then, and then you go from there and you start 
blending and doing all that stuff. But, you know, there's I, I think there's a deeper level with this stuff you guys oh, have yeah. put together. And it's I, I really appreciate the the thoughtfulness that goes into it. Yeah, I do, too. And I, I actually I can't wait to sit down with you guys um, sometime one on one in chat. Uh, former pastor uh, in, in the Protestant church myself, Matt has has served um in the church as well and you know we've we've got uh some similarities in, in our paths and and things and um i just really enjoy that conversation oh yeah and mm -hmm. yeah we do too absolutely we, yeah we can and go for down Ken, that I'm sure, I'm sure really deep. yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about that all day i i i'm sure yeah. it's the same for kendrick as it is for myself that you know, growing up in a faith and, and maybe you guys can attest to this is like, that's your community, right? Those are your neighbors, right? Those are the, the kids you go to school with. So for us, it, it's a deeply personal thing because that's your everyday life, right? And when you walk yep. away from that, where's that community now? Where do you belong, right? And for me, yep. I don't know about for Kendrick, I'm sure he can say the same, but for me, uh, I found community smoking premium cigars uh, mm -hmm. and you guys know what that looks like. The community yep. around premium tobacco is it's insane it's a it's a family and and so for me you know tying my former community into what we're doing now just makes sense and it is very personal so yeah, yeah right on absolutely man i love it so looking into the future um well let, let's talk about the the blends that you've got on the market now what what are the offerings that you guys currently have? Yeah, and just I know we've gone over some of them already, but yeah, take take our viewers through what they can expect think, when they find you on the shelf. I think this is great because we have four blends out right now, and each of the four of us are smoking a different one right now. Uh, so <laughs> I love it. So you two there, so you got the initiatory there, uh, which is the first one right there. That's it. And yep. then he's got the Liahona, yep. uh, which is our Connecticut. Brandon's smoking the Deseret Maduro. And we're sm I'm smoking the Feathered Serpent, which is the Candela. Um, so these four cigars are currently available. The, the Feathered Serpent uh, is just going to be hitting retailers this week. We got shipment notifications today and uh, it's, it's going out and will be on shelves this week very cool yeah now looking ahead i know that you guys i mean we've already got names but what uh what's in store over the next year what what can we see from apostate we we're planning a trip back down to the dominican republic before the end of the year to work on some more blends and the first one we're going to work on is uh brandon already touched on it when we were going over the logo but that one is going to be the sword of laban and like all the other cigars the, the the cigar itself is going to kind of tie in with with the name and the symbol that it represents just like for example the liahona is a kind of a thin pointy torpedo to be like a needle of a compass which is what the liahona is the desert has the Connecticut strips on the bottom to look like a beehive, which is what Deseret means. Uh, our feathered serpent is a candela to be like green, like a snake. And so the, the next one that we do, the sword of Laban is going to be kind of the Lancero ish size. I don't know if we want to go with the traditional Lancero size. We might want to 
you know, make it a little bit bigger ring gauge than like your standard 38 or 40. Um, but that's going to be a, a long lancero to be like a sword. Yes. Um, yeah, Garrett's a lancero whore, so Garrett, oh. Garrett's like doing cartwheels right now. <laughs> we're, oh, yeah. we're so excited to blend a lancero. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know as I don't know a single tobacco nerd that doesn't love a good Lancero. Yeah, um, yeah. Cigar coupe. And <laughs> I mean, he doesn't hate them, but he doesn't hate Lancero. No, he's, he, he doesn't hate them. them. He's just frequently disappointed by them, and that's okay. I get it's it. True, you know? and that's okay. Yeah. If you if you, uh, if, you and... if you don't like a Lancero, you're just smoking it too fast. <laughs> There, you're just, there you you're go. Just pulling, you're just pulling. You're just pulling too much air, and it's burning too hot. You need to slow down. And you smoke a Lancero, and you occasionally get them because it's such a small ring gauge. They can be rolled a little tight. I've encountered uh, sure. some sore cheeks from puffing on a Lancero, so we're going to do everything we can to avoid that. I'm not scared. Uh, I think our production team is is going to be able to handle that. Yeah, awesome. Palma makes yeah. Palma makes sterile, stellar Lanceros, so we're not worried oh, yeah. about the construction yeah. at all. Yeah, their reputation is is very solid, so no worries there, most likely. Um, yeah. So, then, you know, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to tell you more upcoming stuff, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to try and work on the next blend after that, too, which also Brandon touched on called the Zarahemla. And that's going to be our, our first box press. It's probably going to be like a Toro-ish size box press. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's all I can tell nice. you at the moment. <laughs> no, that's, that's, <laughs> love uh, we love, we love sneak previews. We don't ask you to say too much, yep. but we love the sneak previews. That's yes. always cool. Um, we will be sticking with the theme that you've seen so far. We're only, we're only doing one size per blend. Yeah. Everything we blend is, is meant to be in the size that you're smoking. Um, that helps the tobacco stay true for the blend, but it also helps retailers coming from the retail side. Uh, we wanted to sort of solve the, the problem of having to find all this space for all these sizes or which size are we going to sell. We, we took all of that out of the question to make it easy for the retailers. You get one size per blend. Our display takes up very little space. So we're trying to be as, as friendly as we can with these retailers, knowing where they're knowing what they're dealing with every day. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a real quick U-turn here. Uh, so where were your individual pioneer assignments? Go ahead, Kendrick. You talk, you're talking about uh, like missionary assignments? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, in 2001, I jumped on a plane and went to Scotland uh, and oh. served my mission in Scotland for two years. And uh, <clears throat> Brandon, oh, it was. I got spoiled. I, I feel bad for people that went other places. Honestly, it was. I bet. <laughs> it was. It was such a great place, and the people there are so no bullshit and down to earth, which I really appreciate. Yep. And uh, I mean, it was tough being a missionary there because. Yeah. If you can imagine knocking yeah. on a, a Scots Scotsman's door and trying to talk <laughs> to them about their intimate personal beliefs, <laughs> uh, I got. I, I developed pretty thick skin. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but overall, I, I loved it, and I'm really glad that I had that experience. And uh, nice. awesome. And then, yeah. And Brandon, uh, 
I yeah, I, uh, I, I uh, October two thousand two. I got on a plane too. I went to uh, uh, Santiago, Dominican Republic, actually. Ah, dang it. <laughs> So I, uh, I lived in a, my first area, I lived in a town called La Vega and on the way to La Vega and in some of the regions around La Vega, I, I didn't know how cool it was at the time, but there were tobacco fields everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I had, I had the culture literally right in my backyard and had no idea that 20 years later it would be, you know, my passion and my livelihood. So yeah. it was pretty cool. And I got to learn the culture. I got to learn the language. You know, now when we go down to the factory, they see this, you know, tatted up white guy with a beard walk into the factory, and then I start speaking Dominican Spanish to him, and then, you know, some some eyes get real big, and then they're they're ready to talk. So it's fun. That's that's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's good having those connections, you know. Oh yeah, man. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Those are wonderful experiences, you know. Uh, whether we've moved on from that place in our life or not, there's yeah. much that you draw from experiences like that that's huge yeah i wouldn't trade it for anything absolutely right yeah so you mentioned you know the factory relationship uh, and um and hochi and you know that's that's huge you know is having you, you know somebody who can really you know help you with different processes and learning how to you know tastes and aromas and blending stuff like that but you know aside from that both inside the cigar industry and outside of the cigar industry name name one or two people who have also really been good mentors for you Uh, and you know whether it's from a tobacco standpoint a business standpoint just people you know a couple people who have really come alongside you and said you know i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna give you advice or support anything anything like that along the way Oh, geez. For me, there's too many. Um, yeah, two, there's two, a lot. Two, two stand, standouts in the industry for me. Uh, I got to put tip my hat to Nick Perdomo. Um, going down to Nicaragua and seeing what he was doing down there uh, really kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it made me want to dive deeper into what tobacco is and that whole process. Uh the creative process um and just seeing how that guy is so so passionate about what he's doing and his product uh that was definitely something that inspired me so thank you nick and yeah. uh the, the second guy would have to be a guy named jeremy wolfson and he kind of works behind the scenes in the industry but he's the hardest working cigar rep in the industry and he's helped open a lot of doors for us and uh, the apostate would not be what it is if it wasn't for his help and uh, and guidance. So that's my answer. Yeah, that. yeah, that's great. I uh, I would echo those exact uh, relationships, uh, but for the sake of of bringing something else to the table, I would say um, there's there's a lot of people I look up to in the industry. Um, and a lot of people I've been lucky enough to, to make friends with. Um, for me, when we first decided to launch Apostate, uh, I, I called Matt Booth. <laughs> uh, I had been working with Matt Booth directly through, through Beehive on the retail side. He was actually cool enough to, to handle Beehive's account personally. 
Um, I was doing all the ordering through him and we spoke on the phone quite a bit, developed a friendship. I, I called him and I said, bro, like <laughs> we're thinking about launching a cigar brand. What's your advice? And he said, don't do it. <laughs> that was That was his answer. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's the Matt Booth answer. You're, you're absolutely right. But like, for real, like, what should I do? And he's like, don't do it. <laughs> and, and so, you know, here we are nine months later. And sometimes I'm like, man, Matt was right. But for the most part, <laughs> we eventually, we, we eventually got to the point where Matt was very serious. And he was like, look, man, keep your head down. Just do you stay in your lane. Um, there's a lot of bullshit. Don't pay attention to it. Be happy with what you're doing. Keep it fun. The second it's not fun, you should, you should ask yourself some questions. So I try to keep that in mind. Um, and outside of that, I, man, there's too many. I got to go probably, honestly, probably with Nick Perdomo again, because same thing. You go down to Nicaragua, you go on Nick Perdomo's factory tour. That's not a factory tour, man. That's a, that's a Cigars 101 crash course. Yeah. Uh, I, th I thought I knew stuff about cigars before that tour. You come home from that seeing every step of the process from seed to shipping. And, and it really, it woke something up in me. It made me want to be a little more ambitious uh, in, in the tobacco industry. So I, I got to say hats off to Nick Perdomo too. Yeah, no, he's a solid gentleman, uh, knowledgeable, uh, paid his yeah. dues, and uh, we love that guy. Yeah, and he's he's been uh, generous to us with his time, and yeah, um, yeah, great guy for the industry. Absolutely. Um, so is it? Oh, is it? Is I, it time? I think it's time. All right, it is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> and as always, Numero de los Muertos brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Numero de los Muertos, episode 172. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? Before I get into that, I want to continue <laughs> to say this cigar. <laughs> yeah, we were talking while that commercial was playing. We're both looking at each other like, holy shit, these cigars are really good. So <laughs> there's a lot of great cigars in the industry. There's a lot of great mm -hmm. cigars. I agree. A lot of cigars that are similar to other cigars. This is not. It is unique. It is coffee. And now I am sucking on a butterscotch candy <laughs> in a wonderful way. So thank you for that, for bringing something unique to market. Yeah. And I thank think you. Yeah. The transitions on that cigar are really nice. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Yes. All right. Now we can move on. Uh, so this week is this week is fun. Um, I'm going to do a little something, something a little different, uh, something I haven't done before. Hmm. And here's what it is. In September of 2018, 
two guys in Montana died doing this. So hold up, hold up, go, go back because I, I was, I was listening, but no, I actually wasn't. Could you say that all again? Yep. September, 2018. Okay. Two men in their forties in Montana died doing this. This might be one of the most specific numero de los muertos ever. Yeah. I've never done a specific event before. There's and so many ways to, to die in Montana, though. I exactly. Mean, yeah. We're, exactly. We're supposed to guess how they died. Correct. Yes. yes. All right. And it's a uh, 20 question style. So yes or no questions. Uh, Quentin, it is not sex with a moose. It's not sex with a moose. No, no. Damn it. I, that was going to be my first guess. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, fly fishing. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I just drove through Montana 10 days ago and saw a moose. So that's where my head went. Oh, did you? So, yeah. yeah. Um, not tipping cows, not eating hot wings. I love Scott. Does it involve machinery? <clears throat> it does not involve. Well, mm, no, I'm going to say no. If it, it's loosely connected, say no so you don't confuse me. Yeah. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't involve banjos. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Scott. Does it involve, does it involve wildlife? N- no. Okay. Does it involve sexual activity? It does not. So it's not a horse from Tinder? It is not a horse from Tinder. Scott, I love you, brother. I oh, saw that horse on Tinder. I swiped left. He looks sketchy. Um, They're not famous. Are, are vehicles involved? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, vehicles is technically machinery. So I feel like you kind of misled me there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we get an extra question on that. <laughs> okay. So it involves vehicles. Are these are these road vehicles? Yes. Okay. So it's not the donkey uh, show? No, no animals. No animals. Mm. Oh, Raul. Raul. Is that is that it? <sighs> nope. Nope. So two guys in Montana died in vehicles. It would have to be unique for you to bring it and up. I didn't say they died in vehicles. Well, and I have to I have okay. to say this too, Raul. It is very unsafe to do a brake job while you're right. driving. It's better to yeah, do no brake jobs. It's no. better to do a brake job while you're while you're yeah. while you're parked. You gotta yeah. park. You gotta yeah. yeah. That's, that's the safest way to do that. Thank BJ you. is short for brake job, right? Yes. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what yeah, else yeah. could it possibly I can't mean? Think of anything else. Yeah, is no it all booze, 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 booze? I don't know who you are, but I, I love you because you've been like killing our comments yep. all night. Uh, it is not. It's a cocaine. It's not cocaine. It is not. Did, to- did, did they get run over by a car while they were, you know, laying in the middle of the road or something? Pretty close. Stargazing. Pretty close. Oh, he said pretty close. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Were they laying on a train track? No. Hmm. But it's what they were trying to be. Oh, man. Well, okay. Uh, not stealing car parts. Mm. Not stealing car parts. Cool. Um, uh, what they were trying to be. Sex in the middle. Q, Q, why does it always come back to sex with you? Never yeah. Do we need? Yeah. Do we need to have a conversation with Q after this? I think talk? we do. I think we do. We're real yeah. serious. Yeah. Yeah. Find out what's wrong. Um, 
were they standing in for like traffic cones? What were they trying to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, were they were they um, were they moving cattle? No. Were they were they spinning signs trying to get you to come to their business in front of Jiffy Lube? Oh, were they struck while, while no. spinning signs? Mm. They weren't dressed up as moose. Were they? Were they? Yeah. Were they? Uh, maybe pretending to be forest animals or something. Yes, but I need oh. a specific squirrel. So no. So they were wearing bear costumes. No Sasquatch. Yes. They were dressed up as Sasquatch. <laughs> yes. Are you shitting me? <laughs> no. Oh my god! Like a, That's one way to like go. That's running running over Harry and the Henderson. Kind correct. Of yeah. Wow. So dressed up as Sasquatch, these two guys tried to scare people on the road, and scare someone they did, and got run over. Oh my god! And died. And died. I thought you were going to say they got shot. You know, because oh my god, you could see some cowboys in Montana seeing a Sasquatch on the side of the road and and stop and pull out their uh, their oh, absolutely their elk rifle. You know, and, and again, I I drove through Montana ten days ago, and not to despair the population of Montana, but I I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite one of my favorite towns in the U.S. is Red Lodge, Montana. And if you've never been through I've Red never, Lodge, I've never been through Red Lodge. You guys, it is so. Imagine uh, Stillwater, Minnesota, tucked in this uh, mountain range. I love it. I'm in. Uh, we went there many times growing up, fly fishing, and always uh, stayed in in Red Lodge, and it is absolutely beautiful. That sounds awesome. So, so. Uh, PSA, as always. <laughs> so there's usually a PSA at the end of Numero de los Muertos. Don't dress up like a Sasquatch and try to scare people in their cars. I can't believe that's a real thing that happened. That's insane. <laughs> I know. So that was this week's Numero, Numero de, de los, los Muertos. Uh, you know what, Mitchell? That is a good point. What's that? I oh. should have saved this one for Saka. Oh man, good call. Oh, he would have loved that. That would have been too easy for Saka, though. He would have got yeah, it right he away. He probably would have gotten that one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's jump into the lightning round for the week and lightning round on how about that cigar live? Always brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House. Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American, J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. Hey, and real quick, guys, before we go into lightning round. Yeah, right on. If you enjoyed that format of Numero de los Muertos, Please let us know. Or if you like the the typical format of X amount of people die every year, um, I'll probably continue to mix in both. But if there's a, you know, uh, if you like that situational part better, I I like all of them. Mix it up, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that mix it up, man. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good time. Thank you. So, all right, lightning round. 
Uh, some fun, non-cigar-related questions. Uh, Kendrick, let's start with you. If you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? The living thoughts of, if I could get inside somebody's head and just hear everything that's going on in their head for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Someone. Uh, honestly, my wife. Dude, um, right? Yeah. I would love to get inside my wife's head like that for 10 minutes and see what that's like. You, you are, you are far braver than I could ever hope to be. (laughs) No, think of the insight. I mean, that's a game changer, right? I was going to say the same thing. My wife, for sure. That's either going to complicate your life or make it way better. Right. So. Yeah. Either either way would be very personally illuminating. (laughs) Yeah. That would be very personally illuminating. And then just, and then just for science, since, you know, babies can't communicate what they're experiencing, mm. I would love to get inside the head of like an infant for 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just, That's a great answer. I love that. Just for science, you know, just yeah. so that I can report back my findings. Okay. Yeah. This is what's going on. <laughs> and sound like a crazy person. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> what that would sound like to everybody else. <laughs> so this baby. Man. Is mad and crying because it's hungry. <laughs> so, so Brandon, are you are you going with the answer of your wife, or you got something else? I mean, I was I was going to, but I feel like that's probably what a, a lot of people would say is they they want to get inside the head of of their partner. So, um, yeah, for the sake of science, I mean, you have to wonder like what would be the most beneficial ten minutes you could spend, right? Um, I'm thinking. Honestly, and this is purely selfish to drive, you know, my experience uh, in the tobacco world, I would say um, either the professor himself, Hmm. um, you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Jose Blanco. Mr. Jose Blanco, right? Or or Nick Melillo. Um, Those two dudes, those two dudes know more about tobacco than I can even begin to comprehend. So I would say... For purely selfish reasons, I, I would pick one of those two gents and, and just glean everything I could for 10 minutes and uh, and roll with it. Love it. Yeah. All right. So, Brandon, you're first on this next one. If you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? What's my fight song, huh? What's your, mm-hmm. what's your soundtrack music for your fight scene? Oh, man. It's going to be... Um, Probably something a little rowdy. I would say, are you guys familiar with a band called AFI? Going back to like 90s, 90s punk a little no, bit. No, no. If I, if I had to pick one to get me really hyped up, uh, I would say it, it's a song called Exsanguination by AFI. Um, it's pretty rowdy. It gets me hyped no matter what. I used to listen to it before basketball games or before I went snowboarding. Um, if I wanted to mess with my opponent and everyone could hear it, I would say uh, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Ooh. Yeah, that, there you go. Right? That is such a great get him, answer. Get him, yeah. Get him, get him all up in his emotions and then yeah. knock him out. Yeah. I think it's yeah. the first time anybody's. You, that is. That's. That's a That's mic a drop right there. Great answer. Uh, all right, so Kendrick, you, I, I'm, you got, you Good got, luck. you got some, some. Good uh, luck. 
something to live up to here. So what? You're, you can't just say Rocky now. Yeah, you know that, right? The the fight the fight is about to happen. What's what's your what's your fight scene going to be uh, scored with? Uh, honestly, probably some like slow yoga flow soundtrack, right? To get me in the I dig it. Tai Chi yeah. inner like <laughs> nice flow center the mind and body yeah 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 get 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 my get in the flow state so that i can respond (laughs) to what's going on i like it yeah but if i did yeah yeah like you know like uh gongs and yeah you know singing like bowls and shit yeah oh yeah tibetan monks throat Uh, singing yeah yeah, absolutely yeah like and then maybe um, uh throw a, a a layer of yo yo ma over that oh god oh yeah like yeah. a nice cello yeah so going on for sure. yeah. i mean are you gonna fight him or are you gonna cry with him you know <laughs> well you gotta give it you gotta get him well, off his get, get him off his game and get him get yeah him, get him back into perfect balance and then he won't want to fight anymore that's right and then the fight's over absolutely yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if i had way. to pick a if i had to pick a single song that everybody knows probably meatloaf if i would do anything for love I don't know why. Oh, good one. That's a good one. That's, and I good one. That. That's badass. I dig it. I dig it. Also, Mitchell knew uh, AFI, <clears throat> I'm guessing. Hell yeah. Is that Fire Inside? Is that an AFI? Yeah, AFI stands for a Fire Inside. They just go oh. by AFI, but that's that's the reference. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. So the last lightning round question. Woo! All right, guys. You ready? Kendrick. I think so. The zombies are coming. <laughs> okay. You get three industry people to choose on your apocalypse team. Who do you choose and why? In the industry? Yeah. Cigar industry people. Oh, man. <laughs> Hochi for sure. Hochi uh, for sure. He yeah, lives dude. on an he lives on an island and he's got lots of land and uh, he's got farms and he's got animals and he's got I, I think I could survive in Hochi's compound pretty well. And he's a tough son of a bitch, absolutely. And his wife can cook. There you go. That's yeah. Uh, number two would be Brandon, of course. Uh, nice. I, I can't. I'm not going to survive the apocalypse without. Uh, without him and uh third would be my buddy jeremy yeah yeah Yeah. small but scrappy right (laughs) uh yeah that would be my my answer awesome brandon yeah i would say um i would say since kendrick is looping me into that group i'm going to enhance the group um, so Kendrick, obviously, Kendrick's <laughs> one of my picks for sure. Because same, that's that's my soul brother right there. I can't do it without him. Um, I would say John from Warfighter Tobacco. If you've met John, you know why. Um, <laughs> that man, <laughs> that man's built to kill zombies. Um, and and Matt Booth, you got a former Marine right there, and he's going to be the one, you know, rolling cigars when we're all sitting around after the mayhem's over. So yeah, any any may or may not have. A few guns. An arsenal. <laughs> he may or may not have a gun or two around and yeah. probably some gin and, yes. you know, 
the sexual tension will be high. So <laughs> always <Yeah>. so hot, <laughs> always hot, inevitable. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's jump into this week's notable smokable. And as always on how about that cigar live, notable smokable brought to us by our friends at ACE prime, notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So each week on the show, we name a cigar that was notable to us recently. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we smoked again for the first time in a long time, or a cigar that's brand new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever. Obviously, you guys are smoking mostly your own stuff, but if you get a chance to jump outside of your portfolio, uh, Brandon, what's something you smoked recently that was notable to you? Um, I, I do smoke mostly apostate because it's kind of blended for my palate, right? Um, so that's what I'm drawn to. But when I do branch out, um, there are so many brands that I love. I would say most recently, um, probably the uh, the MJ12 Maduro by Illusion. It's, uh, it's been out of stock for a while. Beehive just got them back. Uh, and I smoked one earlier today. And goddamn. Um, if you're not familiar with Illusion or their offerings, that MJ12 Maduro is a great starting point. Uh, it's everything you want in a Maduro. I love that cigar. And it's been Absolutely. a while since I've had it, so that was nice. Awesome. Uh, Kendrick, what about you? Uh, you know, a cigar that I always rotate back around to, it's been one of my favorites consistently that I kind of forgot about and rediscovered recently would be Arturo Fuente Magnamar Rosado 44. Mm. Hell yeah. Um, All day. Yes. Underrated cigar. That underrated, cigar, yeah. I don't, I, it holds up to any opus that I've smoked, honestly. It's just so, so tasty. It's got every, every, every note that I'm looking for in a cigar, that cigar hits. Um, yeah. I would take that over any opus, honestly. I would. Yeah. Yeah. And for, yeah. for, you know, for half the price. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Less than half. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great, great blend. Uh, Garrett, what was your notable this week? So I haven't uh, I haven't shown my new tattoos on the show much because I don't want to show favoritism um, <laughs> uh, to single brands. But just so you know, um, I am sleeving up with several different cigar brands. And this past week, I went and got you really. Oh, here, I'll, tr- I'll try to. It's it's slightly up. Well, it's upside down, but yeah, uh, it's the stolen throne uh, logo uh, from Lee Marsh's company, Stolen Throne. And so, after I got the tattoo, I felt like I would also pay the company homage by having a uh, crook of the crown. And it was actually, I had had it sitting in the back. I found this little stash of five pack that I hadn't opened that I got at the very first stolen throne event at Omar's. Yeah. And so it had just been sitting in my humidor for, what is that? Two years now. Yeah. Nice. Well, no, a year, a year. Yeah. Well, a, little, a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It was freaking delicious. So that, um, was a great cigar. The whole, the, the tattoo sucked balls. <laughs> well, it looks it looks great, but that area it's is a tender spot, man. Yeah. Yeah, under the arm is that's that's 
sucks balls. <laughs> Do not recommend, but yeah, amazing cigar. Helped a little bit with the pain, but nice. Yeah. So mine, uh, we, we've uh, mentioned him once or twice on the show already. Um, so those of you who know, Matt Booth, uh, now with uh, the team at General Cigar, uh, putting his new his spin on the new re-release of Sancho Panza uh, mm-hmm. with, with a few different blends. And uh, we, we got uh, some samples from the kind people at General Cigar and the, 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 the one that's just called the original Sancho Panza. Honestly, it's a nice blend. You know, it's not it, it's it's not a cigar that's gonna, you know, maybe break any records, but it's a good price point from what I understand, and I thought the blend was very solid. So, it, and it's different. If you if you were a fan of the Sancho Panzas, you know, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago, uh, it's it's different. But uh, you know, it's from from the look of it to the you know flavors and aromas from the blend you can tell it's got matt booth's signature on it so well done I yeah say. if you if you want to highlight what honduran can ba- tobacco can do uh matt booth is the guy for yeah. sure yeah. yeah really well done um so that was this week's notable smokables brought to you by ace prime improving lives through fine cigars please visit aceprime.com to learn more so we have some fantastic coming attractions to tell you about coming up soon on How About That Cigar Live. And those are brought to us by our friends at AJ Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides a blend strength and flavor profile to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's New World. Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So, next week on the 19th, we have a legend in the cigar industry, uh, Mr. George Brightman, who was with Cigar Cigar Aficionado magazine all the way back to its beginning um, and goes back in the cigar business to the 1970s uh he knows everybody he is an encyclopedic knowledge of tobacco and tasting uh so strap yourselves in next week we're gonna have a, it's gonna be a long show but we're <laughs> we're gonna learn a lot i guarantee it so definitely check that out uh the week after that on the 26th of september we have chris weber from veritas cigars and then starting out the month of october on the 3rd of october we have Miguel Shodell coming back to How About That Cigar Live for another appearance, and he is representing, of course, Crowned Heads Cigars. Uh, so, Brandon and Kendrick, if you would please give our viewers and listeners an idea, where's the best place for them to keep up with all the latest and greatest going, going on with apostate cigars? Our Definitely social our- media is your best bet, yeah. Instagram. I was going to say Insta- Instagram is probably the one mm-hmm. we're most active on. Mm-hmm. We've got a we've got a website under development that'll be a good resource coming soon. Um, but uh, social media, Instagram and Facebook is where we're at. You can email us info at apostatecigars.com. Uh, if you have any specific questions that you don't find an answer to in those channels, I'm happy to, to answer any questions. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for being on the show tonight. We appreciate learning about your brand. 
Uh, we appreciate the hard work that you guys put in. Uh, we know it's not easy getting something off the ground in this business. Uh, we applaud you for it, and we look forward to great success for you guys and your brand in the coming months and years. Thank you very much. This was fun. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you for your support, and uh, I love you guys' format and flow. It's, it's a fun show to be on, so thank you. Yeah, awesome. good job. Thank you. Well, viewers and listeners, guys, as always, we thank you so much for watching and listening <clears throat> to How About That Cigar Live. If you are on Facebook, please make sure to like the Facebook page and follow so you don't miss anything. Also on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel and click the notification bell so you don't miss any new videos that we have coming out. Uh, follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. Make sure to uh, find us on your favorite audio podcast platform as well. If you have questions for Garrett or myself, you can email us directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Take care, guys. Thanks, Thanks. everybody.